again. Amen. 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 Understanding, too, that uh, the stock market does not determine whether or not God's going to bless us or not, right? Because it crashed, that didn't mean our God crashed, right? It, it crashed, but didn't mean our God crashed. And so we, we praise God, we honor him because of the fact that he's a God that always supplies our needs according to his riches and glory. Not according to the stock market, but according to his riches and glory. And we're thankful for that. Amen. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day. Amen. It's an awesome day. It's a wonderful day. Uh, you, you look around and you see uh, the, the, uh, the weather and things are cooling off. And Come on, y'all. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Uh, just for the coolness of the weather. Amen. Sometimes we don't appreciate God enough. Amen. Amen. And, and even for the fact of the rain. Amen. We thank God. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise for the rain. Amen. Because there's a drought going on everywhere. And, you know, we're going we're gonna to receive a part of that. But we just honor the Lord. Amen. That he thought so much of us that he would do great and mighty things for us. Amen. Are we ready for the word? Amen. And come on. Are we ready for the word? Amen. Come on. Praise God. Amen. And it's good to see, see um, uh, uh, James and Monica. Amen. And, and, and baby Jonathan, amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise, amen. Amen, amen. That which the enemy thought to be bad, God just showed his glory. God just showed out. And, you know, every time she see him posting a picture, my, mm, he sure is gaining weight. At one point, he didn't want to eat. Now he's eating, you know, he's gaining weight. So God is a good God. God is a, a mighty God. God is a, he is a healer, amen. Our God is a healer. Come on. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. When we don't know what's going on, God knows what's going on. And, and he so richly blesses us. Amen. At this time, we're going to get ready for the for our word. And we're going to do our streaming live. And we just pray that the audiences out there, as well as the audience in here, that they will receive what the Lord has to say. Amen. Audio, video, five, four, three, two, one, and we are live. I'd like to invite your attention this morning to the book of uh, St. Luke, the third chapter. The book of St. Luke, the third chapter. We, we, we started here on Wednesday night. On Wednesday night, uh, uh, God is bringing the ministers on a minister training and uh, those that are aspiring to, to, to hear whether or not God is calling them into the ministry. They're standing and they're uh, pulling up, and uh, it's just a blessing of uh, the word that the Lord uh, has been bringing to us. And on Wednesday night, the Lord brought a word, amen, and we thank and praise God that the minister Tom shared a mighty word on, on Wednesday, and you could feel the seriousness of God in, in the house. So we're thankful and we're grateful for that. And to, today, this morning, we want to continue in what the Lord was saying and what the God is, is saying. Because there is so much going on in our world that we need to be mindful that we need to get ready. Amen. We need to get ready. We need to get ready. We're going to invite your attention to Luke chapter number 3. It's where we're going to, to begin and we're going to go back over some of the things that we shared on Wednesday to, to bring those up to date that wasn't present. So we can get a full understanding of what God is saying. Let's pray. Father, we thank you now. We ask the Holy Spirit that you would come and you would just be the teacher. We pray, Father God, that you would clothe me with a cloak 
We ask, Lord, that you would close me with yourself. We ask, Father God, that you would just uh, remove all flesh. And, Father God, we pray that your anointing that will rest upon me. And, Lord God, I will decrease, and your spirit, your Holy Spirit, will increase in me. Stretch out in me, Lord, that I may bring forth your word, God. And this we ask in your son Jesus' name, and we give you, Father, the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. In Luke chapter number 3, we, 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 we shared on Wednesday night, <clears throat> talking about the, the fruits worthy of repentance. Um, talking about the fruits that are worthy of repentance. And we started with verse number 2 in chapter number 3. And <clears throat> often, you know, a lot of times we read the scriptures and we don't necessarily really dig deep into the scriptures to see exactly the meaning of some of these words that's there. But I want to go back over it so we can understand because verse 2 is a very key verse that will help with the remainder of the scriptures. And verse 2 in Luke chapter number 3, verse 2 says, Annas and uh, Sophias, being the high priest, the word of God came unto John the son of Zacharias in the wilderness. Now, the Lord began to, to break down four key words, and that's Ananias, Cyphus, uh, John, and Zacharias, as well as, 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 as the wilderness. Now, Ananias, that word, that means one who answers, uh, one who answers. The word Cyphus means to seek with diligence. So God speaks and he says that, in order for us to get an answer from him, we must diligently seek him. And the reason why we must diligently seek him is because oftentimes we find ourselves in the wilderness. And when we find ourselves in the wilderness, and we've got some lights that are missing that's not on, uh, when we find ourselves in the wilderness, then we would expect to see that uh, God knows that when we're in that wilderness existence, that we're, we're roving, we're, we're wandering. And uh, I don't know how many of us has been to a place wherein uh, our mindset has wandered from God. When we're in a wilderness, uh, uh, a wilderness position, uh, we, have, we have strayed away from God. We, we, we've lost sight of what we're supposed to be doing or who we're supposed to be serving. So what God does, he sends John, John means grace. He sends John uh, into the wilderness. And the reason why, he has to deal with that spirit of Zechariah that's within us. Now, the word Zechariah there, it means the memory of God. Oftentimes, when we find ourselves in a wilderness state, it is because we've lost the memory of God, the goodness of God, the things of God, how God has blessed us and how God has kept us. And, 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 and it's, 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 it's very difficult sometimes because sometimes we don't realize what's happening. So therefore, when hard times come, what we do, we forget about the things that God has done for us in the past. So we allow our minds to wander and we end up in a wilderness condition. Now, we're roving. Anybody's mind have been roving sometimes away from God? Rather than running to God, we may run away from God. So what he has to do, uh, once we diligently seek him, uh, 
God sends grace into the wilderness to help us with our memory about the good things God has done in our life. And then in verse number three, it talks about how he came preaching in Jordan. Jordan now is the spiritual stream of life. And what he's preaching is he's talking about the, the baptism of repentance. Because in our wilderness state, we need to repent. Amen. To, and, and we've become overwhelmed in, in, in repentance. Now, God spoke with us also about the word repentance. Now, he breaks the word repentance down. The word re means to reform. It means to reverse. Or, and it also means to think differently. A lot of times we, when we talk about repentance, it's a lot of times it's a lot of lip service. It's, it's a lot of times we, we begin to talk, and but yet we do not do uh, what the word repentance means. It means if you can change the way you think, that means you can change the way you live. So therefore, you're repenting. Amen. So when you're repenting, that means there's a reform. And, I, and the Lord says, like, okay, we're going to think about, share with them, as we did on Wednesday, about renewing an insurance policy. And the reason why he said that is because our renewal on our vehicle, our insurance policies do. So what happens when things are to be renewed, you would take it back to its original state so you can have all the benefits. When we do not repent, we, oh, I hear you, Holy Spirit. We do not have all the benefits that belong to us when we find ourselves in that wilderness condition and we do not repent. We do not change the way we think. Because when we change the way we think, we can do what? Change the way we live. Have you, have you ever heard, you know, somebody said, well, I repent and what you see is the same behavior so you know that's not a true repentance and God will show us about uh, true repentance now in Luke chapter number 3 it also uh, lets us know that repentance is for the remissions of our sin now we've got to repent of those uh, sinful deeds and those sinful actions that we have now we also went through 2 Corinthians because we want to talk about uh, being the repentance and we talk about godly sorrow so let's go to 2 Corinthians, and we're going to see what God shared with us also, a portion of what he shared with us on Wednesday, 2 Corinthians chapter number 7. 2 Corinthians chapter number 7. And in the very first verse, it tells us to cleanse ourselves, not only our flesh, but our spirit as well. So our spirit can be nasty just like our flesh can. Amen. Now, when we begin to look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 7, it deals with repentance in verse number 8. Because we're going to get to the part about uh, fruits that are worthy for repentance. Fruits that are worthy for repentance. Now, verse number 8 says, uh, and Paul, Paul is talking here. He, he's talking to the Corinthians. And verse 8 says, for though I made you sorry. Sorry means to be uh, 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 heavy-hearted, you know, you're heartbroken. He says, though I made you sorry with a letter. In other words, he had to tell them a few things. He said, I do not repent. He says, I do not regret. He said, though I did repent, even though he said, I don't regret what I had to say, but yet I regret because it hurt me because I had to tell you. You know how it is sometimes when, when you have to tell people the truth and, 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 and it brings them to a place of uh, 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 a godly sorrow, 
but it hurts you because you have to tell them the truth. Anybody ever had to tell you the truth and it, it was painful when they told you the truth? You know, especially when we have to look at ourselves and our misdeeds. Amen. It, it, it becomes painful. So he said, I'm, even though I regret, I'm, yet I don't regret. You know, he said, though I did repent. He said, for I perceive that the same epistle has made you sorry, though it was but for a season. Now, let's look at verse number nine. And this is what we're going to take up in verse number nine. He says, now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry. In other words, not that you were heartbroken because of what he said. He's, he's not rejoicing for that. So, and this is the reason why he's rejoicing. He said, but that you sorrow to what? Repentance. So he's rejoicing because of the fact that what he said to them, it brought about repentance. It brought about a change of mind. It brought about a change of behavior. So he, now he's, he's happy because he said what he had to say to them. But then he goes on to say, For ye were made sorrow after what kind of manner? A godly manner. There's a difference, y'all. There, there's a difference. There's a difference. He says, You were made sorry uh, after a godly manner that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. And verse 10 says, For godly sorrow... Does work, it worketh repentance. So in other words, when we are truly repenting, when we are truly reformed, or when we reverse our action, it works on our behalf. It works on our, our behalf. It says it works repentance to salvation. In other words, when we sincerely repent, that word salvation there, it not only means that we're saved from something, we're protected from something, but it also means we're delivered from something. When we, when we do what we do in a godly manner, when we repent in a godly manner, he say, and then he goes on to say, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh what? Death. The, the sorrow, the, the heartbreak of the world, it worketh death. But the thing is about godly repentance, it brings about life. And we're going we're gonna to see that. We're going to see that. Now, let me give you some examples uh, about godly sorrow and what's not godly sorrow. Because sometimes we, we hear people say, I'm sorry, but yet their actions don't show that they're, they're sorry, that they're heartbroken or their hearts are heavy because of their actions. So let's go to Second Samuel. Can we just teach today? Can we just teach today? Okay? Because we're dealing with uh, fruits worthy of repentance. Now, Let's look at 2 Samuel chapter number 12. 2 Samuel chapter number 12, Old Testament. 2 Samuel chapter number 12. Because what we want to look at, we want to look at what godly sorrow is when it comes down to repentance. Amen. It says 2 Samuel chapter number 12. And we're going to begin reading uh, at verse number 13. The Bible says, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy what? Thy sin. Thou shalt not die. How be it, because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to do what? Blasphemy. Okay. So then he says, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. So 
Here what we see is that uh, uh, David being king, when he was supposed to have gone to battle, y'all know the story about Bathsheba. Huh? He goes up on the rooftop and he sees this beautiful woman. I'm quite sure the, 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 the sun was shining and everything was uh, 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 glimmering and, and, and he just couldn't resist the temptation. So what he did was he sent for another man's wife. And, and when she came, and then when she became with a child, he ends up having his, his uh, uh, her husband healed because she was with child. So he thought he had hid his sin. Isn't it interesting that sometimes, sometimes we think we can hide our sin. But God always has somebody that, that he will speak to to reveal to us about what we've done. Amen. So he thought he had gotten away. He, he, he was comfortable. You know, he had hid all that. But God sent Nathan, and when he sent Nathan, he let David, even though David was the king, you know, he let uh, uh, Nathan tell David about his actions, about his sins. And and when David began to talk, you know how it is, you know, when it's easy, I hear your Holy Spirit, it's easy to talk about somebody else's sin and what kind of repercussions they're supposed to get. But we don't ever want to talk about our own sins and what kind of repercussions we're supposed to get. So what, what David said, now being as smart as he was, him being the king, he began to talk about what this man had to do. And by the time he finishes talking about this other man, which he thought, then Nathan let him know that he was the one. So from that, David becomes very uh, mournful, repentant, and in a godly manner. No scripture says here. The Bible says in that verse number 30, 13, and Nathan, first thing he acknowledged that he had sinned against the Lord. I believe that once we come to the understanding that when we sin, our first violation is, is against the Lord and not against the individual, I think things will change, don't you? Because, see, we don't even think about when we're, when we're doing things to others that we are violating the laws of God. All those are laws of God, how we treat one another. And then he goes on and he says, the Lord has put away thy sin. He tells him he should not die. Back in those days, thank God for grace. <laughs> because back in those days, that if you committed adultery, you were supposed to be stoned to death. Now, that was a penalty, death, for, 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 for adultery. It didn't matter that he was a king. It's the fact remained he had violated one of the laws of God, and that had to do with adultery. But look at how grace steps in. And the reason why grace stepped in is because of David's heart, the, the beloved. God says to him, Nathan says to him, he says, the Lord also put away thy sin. He, then he says, thy shall not die. But something else happens here. Something else happens here. Because of what he did, it brought blasphemy to the name of God. When you think of, when you think about, when you think about, the things and the actions that we do and how it affects the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, you know how it is. We, we, we say we're Christians and we're there rejoicing and praising God on Sunday and then the, through the week we're doing something else or saying something else. Amen. Amen. So what happened at this particular time, God says, because you have been uh, brought uh, bashfully to, to the name of the Lord and the result is going to be that child. And everybody already knew what he had done, right? Everybody knew, you know, he tried to get him drunk when he came in and he refused to go be with his wife. He was trying to cover up his sin, but he had a repentant spirit. 
He had a repentant heart. And that is why God forgave him as he did. Even though he says, you brought some shame to your, to my name, he says, but you're still going to have to pay. Now, how many know that sin comes with consequences? <clears throat> There's a payment for sin. You know, a lot of times we think we've escaped. Huh. You know, God forgave me and it's okay. No, no. It's just like this. You can rob a bank. Okay. You can go to jail. All right. When you rob the bank, you're going to go to jail, right? Okay. All right. Now, the penalty for robbing that bank is going to jail, right? Now, you may have gotten saved in between them, but that does not stop the fact that you still got to pay the penalty. <laughs> so, it's the same thing when it comes down to sin. We still have to pay the penalty. Amen. So, because we, we, sometimes we can, we can shame the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's look at, see, this is a godly repentance. It, it shows the heart because immediately he tells him his sins have been forgiven, but he still has to pay the consequences. Now, let's look at 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, chapter number 15. 1 Samuel, chapter number 15. Now, here in, in, in 1 Samuel chapter number 15, God speaks to Saul and he tells him what he's supposed to do. You know, uh, and, and, and he disobeys the Lord. But watch what happens here when it comes down to Saul and dealing with repentance. Okay? Now, verse 23 in 1 Samuel chapter number 15. Are we there? Verse 23 in chapter number 15, 1 Samuel, it says, for rebellion is as the sin of what? Witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And the rebellious folk in the house. Huh. It says, it, it, the Bible says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness, anybody stubborn in the house? Stubbornness is as iniquity and adultery. Because thou have rejected the word of the Lord. He rejected the word. The instructions that God gave Saul, he rejected the word of God. He says he rejected the word of the Lord. He had also rejected thee from being king. See, we can lose our position when we reject the, uh, the word of the Lord. See, Saul lost his position. See, he was king. But because he rejected what God told him to do, uh, then, the, then the one that came bringing the message, the messenger Samuel, he let him know. He said, because you rejected the word, then what's going to happen? God is going to reject you. Sometimes we'll be so, oh, I hear you. Sometimes we can be so close to our blessings or our destiny, but when we begin to reject the word of God, we can lose it. We, we can easily lose it. So now he's rejected the word of God. And then verse 24 says, and Saul, watch, watch the craftiness. Watch the craftiness. Because see, you, you got to know when true repentance is there. The Holy Spirit will reveal to us when, when, when true repentance is there, when there's a godly sorrow. It says in verse 24, it says, And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned. Same thing David said, right? I have sinned. He says, For I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord. And then he says, And thy words. Because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now it sounds like it sounds like he he he's he's got true repentance, right? It sounds like he's very sincere. Now watch verse number thirty. Watch verse thirty in the same chapter. I'm not Saul now. 
Because when you look at, compare what David said to Nathan and how God forgave him because he began to repent and it was a godly sorrow. Now, now you see Saul similarly saying the same thing. However, watch in verse number 30. This reveals his true spirit. Verse 30 says, Then he said, I'm not Saul, I have sinned. He repeats it. Yet, what he say? What's the next word? Honor me now. Now listen, how is it you can talk about, you know, God please forgive me, you know, because of what I've done, because I reject your word, and then in the same breath, now you want some honor. So it shows you it wasn't true repentance. Because he was thinking about attaining something else. He says, honor me when, not later. He wants some honor right then. Why did he want the honor right then? Why did he want the honor? Okay, he says, I pray thee before the who? The elders of my people. In other words, it was all about image. It wasn't a true repentance. You know, he, he says to Samuel, listen, I repent. God, I'm sorry, but I, I need you, I need you, Lord, to honor me before the elders. Honor me before the leaders. So he wasn't a bit more con uh, concerned about God and repentance and a man in the moon. All he was concerned about, his image. His image. Now, when it comes down to wanting his image intact, he always wanted the right people. You know how, how folk are, you know, sometimes, and I always laugh about this, uh, during the time of 9-11, uh, uh, um, and we were at work, and uh, I don't know about where you all were at that time, uh, but uh, I, I can uh, remember how those people that were not saved, those that were, you know, wasn't living the life, you know, and didn't mind acknowledging to you to let you know that they were a sinner, and they were doing their own thing, how they couldn't wait to get up on a, a Christian, amen, because they thought the world was coming to an end. I mean, we I, I don't know about you all, but I had more questions in those few hours than I had my whole religious life. Amen. Because they thought the world was coming to an end. So they want to get close to somebody they thought was godly. Amen? So this is what Saul did. You know, he wanted to get close to Samuel because he says now, he said, Now, yet honor me now, I pray thee before the elders of my people and before Israel. Not only did he want to have honor with the leaders, but he want to have some honor with, with the people. Then he says, and turn again, what did he say? With me. In other words, Samuel, I need you to walk with me. I, I need you to walk with me because I want to appear to be uh, godly. I want to appear to be repentant. You know, I want to appear that, that, that things are okay. You know, because the, the, uh, the prophet, the seer, is walking right there with me. Then that's going to let my people know everything's okay. That was not godly sorrow. Huh. Now, he was, he was set, he didn't realize he was setting his own self up because God had stripped the kingdom from him. Amen. So we, we, we can see how, uh, 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 and the word of God says it in Matthew chapter 15 and verse number 8. He says, This people draw nigh unto me with their what? Their mouth and honors me with their lips, but their, their heart is far from me. So you'll find that when, when things getting kind of rough, like things are going to continue to get rough, they're kind of rough right now, but they're going to get a little bit more difficult, then you're going to find a lot of folk that wants to honor God with their lips, you know, not honoring from their hearts, just the way it was with 
Because when just as soon as things begin to hit, and you can rest assured they are going to hit, you're going to find a lot of people hollering, Jesus, 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 that's really not sincere from their heart. So we'll know, and, and this is where we get to pray that God will give us that discerning of the spirit that we'll know who's real and who's not. Because you're not, if you're not careful, you will empty your pocketbook, thinking you're doing a godly thing. Amen. Been there, done it, got a trophy and a T-shirt. Amen. You done worked hard for your money, and then there they are, the work and then blow there. Amen. But then they want you to say, you know, you're supposed to take, they got a bad habit of using scripture on you. You know, the Bible says you're supposed to take care of the poor, where well, the Bible also says the poor is going to always be with you. Amen. So you got to know scripture too. When the devil brings you some scripture, you give the scripture right back to him. Because that's what's happening. You, you know, you know it, it, it should be different. You need to take care. No, no, no. If you work, you should be able to pay your own bills. Amen. If, if, you're, if you're working, amen. You need to be able to manage your money. Amen. But see, what's happening, we have people that, that, that constantly calls. When I say outside the body of Christ, outside the house of destiny, the phone is constantly ringing. Want to know, do you all do this? Do you all do this? And I ask, well, what church do you attend? I don't attend nowhere. And then we've had someone tell us even what church they attended. I said, well, why you didn't go to your own church, your own establishment, if that's where you've been attending? But they're like, it's like, well, you know, I don't want to go to my own church. Well, why rob, why rob us and not go to your own church? You know what I'm saying? It, it, it literally blows my mind. But we want to talk about the, the fruit, fruits that's worthy of repentance. We want to talk about fruits worthy of repentance. So we understand what's, what's godly sorrow, godly repentance, and we understand what is not. Because when somebody just want to look good and they want that image to, to be okay just to fool the public, then God said, no, I got a problem with them. They're not going to go any further. So let's go back to, let's go back to Luke, Luke chapter 3. Let's go back to, to Luke. Go back to Luke. Now, John, here he is, Grace. He, he, he's, he's there. He's baptizing. He's being overwhelmed with grace. He's baptizing in the wilderness. And whenever things happen in life, people don't always show up. They're going to show up. Now, I want to read verse 7 because we want to deal with verse number 8. Now, verse 7 says in Luke chapter 3, it says, he speaks back now to the multitude. He says, then said he to the multitude, that came forth to be baptized of him. He says, Oh, generation of vipers, hmm, who have warned you to flee from the wrath to come? So when, 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 when everybody was, was uh, going out there where John was baptizing, then you had this, this generation, which were the Pharisees and the Sadducees, those that wound and scatter, uh, uh, those that, that supposedly... Uh, 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 writers of the law that knew the law. Here they come, they show up, and they pretend, they're pretenders, uh, come along with everybody else as if uh, they were sincere because they were saying they wanted to repent too. But this is where discernment comes from. First thing John says to him, and this is what grace will reveal to you, he calls them a what? A generation of what? Vipers. Now if you start calling people's names these days, they will really get upset with you. But back then, I mean, they just stated what it was. Amen? He told them, you vipers. He's talking about the religious set here. He told them, y'all are vipers. So who warned 
you. So that means somebody had one and told them something. Well, he's at that preaching in the wilderness, and something is going to happen. So they take off now, and they thought that if they can get in with the crowd, like 9-11, and the flag's flying, if they can get in with everybody else, they'll be protected. You see, and that's how it is when people that does not truly want with God. Now, when he says that, then verse 8 says this. This is how he responds. And this is how we respond as Christians to those that's going to come to us. Because when things hit, you're going to have some people that's going to show up wanting to know what they need to do. Amen. Now, this is what he says in verse number 8. He says, bring forth, therefore, what? Fruits worthy of repentance. That's what we mean, God. Bring fruits worthy of repentance. You can ask God, you can't work for repentance. He says, bring forth fruit worthy. He says, bring something of equal value. I'm like, what do you mean, God, bring something of equal value? He says, you keep studying. He says, I will reveal to you what needs to be done. Okay? These, these fruits that's worthy of repentance. Because remember now that, that, that Saul, even though he, he was a place pretending that he wanted uh, uh, God to forgive him, he didn't truly bring forth the right kind of fruit because he was lying. Now, it says bring forth fruit that, uh, that's worthy of repentance. And he says begin not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father, for I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Now, let's look at what is a, a, a good um, fruit that's worthy of repentance that we can bring God. Now, let's go to the book of Genesis. Let's go to Genesis chapter number 4. Go to Genesis. Now, keep your place because we're going back to Luke chapter number 3. But let's go to Genesis chapter number 4. We're talking about fruit that's worthy of repentance. Genesis chapter number 4. Genesis chapter number 4. Amen. Are we there? Genesis chapter number 4. You know, this is a prime example uh, that lets us know that God don't always receive what we want. He. Genesis chapter number 4, beginning uh, at verse number 3. Talking about here how Adam and Eve, they, 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 they bore children. Now, now they, are, they are aware about bringing offerings unto God. Verse 3 says, And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Now, he brought his fruit from where? The ground. In other words, from himself. What he thought God needed. Not what God required, but he brought, uh, he brought forth fruit of the, uh, of the ground. You see, he was a tiller of the ground. He was a tiller of that which is cursed. A lot of times we bring things to God that's cursed and thinking God's going to receive it. Amen? So what he does, he brings the fruit of the ground and he offered that unto the Lord. Now watch Abel, watch his brother. Now we got two offerings that's being offered here, okay? Now in verse number four it says, And Abel, who also brought the firstlings of his flock. He brought the what? Did he bring the last? The first. He brought the firstlings of his flock. Huh. He brought the first. And of the fat thereof. So in other words, he didn't just stop at the first ones of his flock. He also brought the fat too. He added something to it. 
And then the Bible goes on to say, and the Lord had what? Respect unto Abel and to his what? And to his offering. I wonder why. They both brought an offering. They both, they both uh, uh, went and brought something and laid it before the Lord. But the Bible says he only had respect for Abel's offering. Because Abel brought his first, the first. He says the first one. Then he says, and the fat. So he, he added some extra. But what, what Cain did, he brought forth that from his own flesh. In other words, God, you can have this when, when I'm done with everything else. Now, whether it be love, whether, whether it be your kindness, whether, whether it be your finances, whether, whether, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit, whether it be your time. We can move away from money because when we start talking about money, folks get kind of itchy, you know. <laughs> hey, they, they get squirming, you know how to hear. Hey, they get squirming. But what about your time? You know, what, what, what about your time? You see, see, when we rise in the morning, who gets the first part of our time? I, I, I put something on, 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 on Facebook the other day. And, and I got just a few responses, maybe two, possibly three. And my question was, when you get up first, when you rise the first thing in the morning, uh, what do you pick up? Or what do you go to? Facebook? Or do you pick up your Bible? Very few people responded because most of them go to Facebook. Why? Facebook didn't wake them up. But it was the Lord. It's the word of God that's going to carry you throughout the day. So why not spend time with God the first? See, that's the first part of your day. When you rise up, the first part of your day should belong to God. Well, we say, well, you know, I got to be at work such a time. And then I, and most of the time we say, well, I went to bed late. Who's fault with that? And I grant you nine times out of ten, <laughs> Sister Esther, they probably watching Facebook, looking at Facebook, reason why they went to bed late. I grant you, amen, but they rise up and they, and they don't have time for God in the morning. So they're running, they're rushing, and probably nine times out of ten, they running to the back of somebody, amen, on the way to work, on the way to work, on God's day, on God's day. So, so what Abel did, he gave God his first, he, the first, everything that we have, we need to give God the first of it, amen, amen, we, we, we need to do that, amen. Because, see, this is also fruit that's worthy of, of repentance. So then the Bible goes on and says that God did not have respect for Abel and his offering. Now, verse 5 says, but unto Cain and his offering, he had not what? Respect. And then, see, it's also a matter of the heart. It's how you give what you give. Whether it's love, whether it's kindness, whether it's your time. If you regret getting up in a God, I'm tired. I don't want to get up in the morning and read my Bible. If you regret it, you might as well not do it. So you, you're regretting. You're regretting. You, you, you're regretting. So God will not even give respect to that. You, we wonder why our day go bad uh, uh, throughout the day. Well, why we have so much, uh, so so much. Uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm trying to use? But not use these other words. Why, why we have so much chaos? Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> why we have so much chaos in our day? Well, maybe because we didn't we didn't talk to the one that guides us out throughout our day. That could very well reason why we have all this chaos. But his, the Bible here says that that God did not have respect for Cain's offering. So 
Now watch what happens. You know how it is when when when, when you see your neighbor blessing, seem like that one no one with blessing, and seem like your pot is always empty, and you get mad about what they have, what God has blessed them for. It could very well be that they might be doing something that you need to be doing. Amen. Amen. Because see, it says uh, uh, Cain he gets angry, and then it says countenance failed. And then the Lord responded, you know, you know how sometimes we get mad at God and want to laugh at the Bible, you know. Then he says in verse 6, he says, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why are you angry? Why are you wrong? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? Now, he just went and gave offering. But, but God said, If you do well. So God sees farther than what Cain is really saying. He said, You will be accepted. Then he goes on and says, and if thou doest not well, in other words, if you don't have the right heart when you're in, in your giving or whatever you're doing is toward God and, and toward your, 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 your mankind as a whole, the Bible says, sin lieth at the door. Isn't that amazing? That sin will lie at the door when we don't do it according to the way God they do it. It didn't say sin had taken over. It says sin was lying at the door. So it's right there. You hadn't entered into it yet. It, you know, sin is just right there at the door. See, that's where it, it gives you the option what, what to choose, how to choose. He says, sin lies at the door, and unto thee shall be what? His desire. The sin's desire. See, sin has a desire to get us all. But it's up to every one of us to make a choice. Amen. We all have a choice to decide whether or not we want to engage in those sinful activities or not. And then he says, and thou shall rule, oh my, and thou shall rule over him. And unto thee shall be his desire. See, sin's desire is to take all of us. But then he says, and thou shall rule over him. And thou shall rule over him. But who is to him? Sin. God gives us power. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God gives us power to rule over sin. He gives us that power. Well, how do you know you got that power? Well, if you got the Holy Ghost, you got the power. If you have the Holy Ghost, you have the power. Here he says, you, you got the power to rule over sin. Oh, look what he does. He still is angry. He cons his brother, takes him out in the field, and he kills his brother. And then what the Bible says, his blood, huh, because it's Christ's blood, it begins to cry from the ground. So whenever we kill out our brothers and sisters, their blood cries out to God on their behalf. So we have to realize we have to bring fruit worthy of repentance. It's okay, God, I've done this thing. What can I do that you're saying that I've got to bring that's worthy of repentance? That's worthy of repentance. What can I bring of equal value that God you're going to accept? Now, we've seen ungodly or uh, uh, ungodly repentance. We've seen godly repentance that God forgives and God will not forgive. We've seen where God accepts certain offerings and other offerings he will not accept. But what is this fruit that's worthy of repentance? Now, let's go back to Luke. Luke chapter 3. Let's go back to Luke. Luke chapter number 3. Now, let's go back to Luke chapter number 3. Luke chapter 3, and let's look at verse number 9 before we 
proceed to the latter part of, ver of the verses. Now, verse number nine says, and now also the axe is, is laid unto the root of the trees. And I, and I looked at that and I said, wait a minute, God. How can an axe be laid to the root of a tree? A root is down under. But you're saying here that he says, and now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewed down or cut down, and then is cast into the fire. So God says, in other words, when you're talking about that root, do you know sometimes you can cut a tree down, and if you leave the root there and stop that, it'll grow back up, right? So God said, what I've got to do, he said, I've got to get everything up. So there will be nothing else that will come forth from that tree. So that's why he's talking about laying it to the root. In other words, I've got to get rid of it all. So there will be nothing that will come forth that reproduce that, that tree again. And I even thought about fruit. I mean, I, it was just so much here. And I thought about fruit. I said, God, when I look at a tree and, and, and those trees that bear fruit, and that fruit comes from within that person. Within that tree, and I said, "Why is it, God? What's the purpose of the fruit?" And God says that the purpose of the fruit is the fruit has seeds on the inside. So whenever that fruit goes forth, or whenever it dies, then what it's going to do is germinating. Those seeds are reproduction; that they reproduce again. So, so, so God is saying to us, you know, we need to produce fruit that's going to reproduce, and us. Uh, fruits of love, fruits of kindness, uh, uh, fruits of long suffering, you know, fr uh, uh, fruits of patience. All these things are fruits. He said, I've designed you because the Bible says we are trees of righteousness, and because we are trees of righteousness, we are producers. And when we don't produce, God says, I'll cut you down. Ah. Have you ever, you know, uh, forgiveness? Forgive. And forgiveness these days is, 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 a, is a strong thing. Forgiveness. Because, see, what we don't understand is it's not the person that, that's done you, done us wrong or done you wrong that, that's having a problem. Because, see, the thing is, you're holding your own self hostage when you don't forgive. You know, you forgive and move on and God will bless. You let the other person hold on to whatever. Amen. Because, see, forgiveness is also a fruit. It's very important. Now, he says, I'll cut it down. A tree, thank you, Holy Spirit, a tree is known by the fruit that it bears. So if you got, uh, if you know somebody or, or if it's always uh, 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 something always going on in their life, you got to check out that fruit. If, if, it's, if it's a place of unkindness and, and hatred and envy and just carried on something all the time, drama, 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 then check out the tree. Because, see, the fruit going to tell you what kind of tree it is. So, that oh, I hear you, Holy Spirit. That will even tell us who we need to hook up with. Because you will, the Bible says, you will know, know, K-E-N-O-W. You will know them by the fruit that they bear. So, if you want to know a person, if you want to know about the relationship with a person, check out that fruit. Then you'll know whether or not you want to connect yourself with the tree. Huh? Because the fruit is going to tell us about the tree. Amen. Now, he goes on here in Luke chapter number 3. We're, we're running out of time. He, he goes on here and when he begins to preach repentance 
and with and, and with such seriousness. Watch what happens with the people. Verse number ten in Luke chapter three. Verse ten says, "And the people ask him, saying, What shall we do then?'" In other words, I hear what you're saying, John. I, I hear that the wrath of God is coming. And the wrath of God is coming. It's not just in John's day, but the wrath of God is coming. I said to Dr. Manley the other day, I said, it's not Sodom and Gomorrah now. It's what it says in the book of Revelation. It is Sodom and Egypt. Because in the book of Revelation, that's what it says now. It's because we're living in that time. It is Sodom and Egypt. So, so all these things that we see, all these things that we hear, all the things that is going on in this world, then what it's doing is speeding up uh, uh, the wrath of God. Because we're living in, the, in that day that anything goes. You know, they're after their own heart. They make up their own rules. They discard the Bible. I mean, they, they discard the Bible. The Bible is irrelevant to them. It's, it has become a book of irrelevance to them. But they do not know this, this, is, the, this is the life source. Never, ever... Let anybody convince you that you do not need the word of God. Because what happens, you're removing the very power, the, the life source that you need for eternal life. This is our roadmap to heaven. If we don't have it, we will never make it. So so they, they come up. He had to preach such a powerful word. You know, not like the one, you know, when Noah, you know, how, how he preached and he preached and, and only his family was saved, you know, you know. But this particular one, the people, the multitude came, they began to ask, well, what do we need to do? We hear what you're saying, but what do we need to do? Now, this is what the Bible says in verse number 11. He, he, he speaks to the people. So the first thing he does, because he speaks to three different kinds of people. First thing he does, he speaks to mankind. Now, this is what he says to mankind. He says in verse 11, he answers and said unto them, he that have two coats, coats represents covering, covenant, let him impart to him that has none, and he that has meat, let him do likewise. Now, before we get the wrong understanding, okay, because sometimes we say, well, you know, he says I got two coats and I need to give it to somebody and, you know, share. Well, he is talking about giving. He is talking about sharing. But there's a key word in there, and then it says, None. N-O-N-E. Y'all see that? In verse 11, he answered and said unto them, He that has two coats, let him impart to him that has none. In other words, they found themselves in a situation not because they helped themselves get there, but for some circumstance, you know, it happens they end up with nothing. So he says those that don't have anything, he said be a blessing to them. You know, he said, uh, 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 began to act on one of the fruits there in, in Galatians, which is kindness. Begin to show kindness. They begin to, to, to give. But just don't open up your pocketbook and start giving out because you said, well, the word of God says I'm supposed to give. I, if I got two coats, if I got a few extra dollars, I'm supposed to go out here and stand on the, on the street corner and start handing out the money. No, you're a fool. Can I say that? <laughs> amen. Uh, I heard one amen say amen. Yeah. No, you don't do that. You know, when somebody truly has a need, you will know when somebody truly has a need. 
Not when somebody has mismanaged what they have, but when they truly have a need. He even talks about freedom. The word of God says, now, now if you have the goods of this world and you see your brother and sister, you know, uh, that basically in want, it says, if you say, God bless you, you be warm and you be full. He says, how can you say you've got the love of God in you? So, so here, God is convicting, thank you, Holy Spirit. He's convicting them because they have a selfish spirit. It's different. That's a difference there now. They have a selfish spirit. So that's the first group of people. He begins to speak to mankind because they have the wrong kind of spirit. They, they don't want to help nobody. But you've got to make sure you've got a discerning from the Holy Spirit who you're supposed to help. Amen. I, I've been guilty. Been guilty because I was taught, oh, you're supposed to bless. You're supposed to bless. You're supposed to give. You're supposed to give. And next thing I know, their cupboard was full and mine was what? Empty. Now, something wrong with that picture. Something wrong with your picture. When, when you would empty out yours, well, God going to bless me. Yeah, he's already blessed you. But you gave it away. Amen. You gave it away. And then we're looking at somebody else. Oh, I, I, I'm need. No, you want a need because God's word said he will supply all your needs according to the riches and glory of his glory. So when it comes to that point, when, when people get to know when people got a true, a true need now. You got to understand that. Don't 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 go dumping now. Don't 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 do that now. Don't do it. Don't do that. You know, because we don't want we don't want to misinterpret the scripture, right? You know, because sometimes you know we have people that will stand behind here. Amen. We have people that will stand behind here and tell you to you know empty empty give 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 give. You know, uh, we were at a service. Was quick. We were at a service one night uh, a few years back, and this preacher was telling him, uh, 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 the speaker for that, that evening was telling people that God was going to bless them, just bring your money. If you don't have any money, you, you borrow from your neighbor and borrow from the person behind you and beside you. And then this lady was, she didn't hardly have nothing. She was just digging. Dig. I mean, she was digging in her palm book trying to get them nickels or pennies out, whatever she had. And, and, and she, I mean, they should just dump the pocketbook out trying to find some coins, you know, to rub and give. And then he even told them, he's, and, and this is what got me. And this, this is how I know you, you, you got to know what's, what's, when people are talking, you got to know what spirit is, is behind them words now. You got to know now. Because this one even said, uh, it's okay to write a bad, just write a check. Don't worry about the money going to be that. You know you ain't got no money in the bank. Why would the preacher tell you to write a bad check and he's supposed to be a man or woman of God? Now, just think about that now. And you saw people just writing checks. You know they didn't have no money. Write a bad check. Bring it, bring it on. Well, who's going to benefit? They're going to benefit. You don't want to have to pay for the bounce check. Who? Oh, but God said, the man of God said, the man. But did he really? Who was really speaking? Who was really speaking? That's why you got to you got to have some discernment now. You got to have some discernment. Next thing you know, you know, you know go, go don't worry, just bring your house. No, bring bring your light be in my breath. Excuse me. God just blessed me to pay this. Now you're telling me to bring it? Forget it. I got to owe that man. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. No. So you got to be very careful. Now. The next kind of people, quick, 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 verse number 12, 
It said, then came also publicans. Because you're talking about fruits worthy of repentance, okay? So he's telling them the kind of fruit they got to bring, okay? Now verse 10, 12 says, then came also the publicans uh, to be baptized. And said unto him, Master, what shall we do? Verse 13 says, And he said unto them, Exact no more than that which is upon you. In other words, stop robbing. Stop stealing from folks. Stop adding a little extra on. And you taking you, you, you scumming off and you taking an extra for yourself. He said, Don't do that. He said, Wherever they're supposed to pay, then that is what you take from them. You don't take extra. You, you, you don't do that. You, know, you don't do that. So, but, but the word was so powerful, it began to prick the hearts of the people. See, that's the message that has to be given out now, that, that, that the word of God can be so powerful, it will begin to convict the, the very conscience of people. And this is what was happening, because here they showed up, they said, well, what do we need to do? Well, they know they had been stealing. They knew it. You know, and the reason why they knew it, because they asked the question. You know how it is. Whenever we know we've done something wrong, we, we ask the question, well, did I? Yes, you did. You know, they, they asked the question. They knew they had been robbing. They knew they had been taking what did not belong to them. They, they knew that. And, and then here comes the, the third type of people in verse number 14. It says, and the soldiers likewise demanded of him. Now, they didn't ask. They began to demand. They demanded of him, saying, and what shall we do? And he said unto them, watch this. Unless you know something about that soldier spirit. First thing it says, do what violence to no man. So that lets me know that that kind of spirit operates in those that, that, that uh, is set up and designed to keep things in order. Because he says, do violence to no man. In other words, treat everybody with dignity and respect. So he says, do violence. Don't you do no violence to no man. And then he says, be content. Oh yeah, and then the next part it says, neither accuse any what? Falsely. Now we got so many lies being told now about what really happened in the situation. It just don't make no sense. It says, accuse. We're talking about, it says soldiers. That means that they're employed by somebody. You know, to, to, to to govern something, like the police. You know, he says, do no violence to no man, neither accuse any falsehoods. You know what? Don't lie. It is what it is. If it happened, it just happened that way. And then he goes and says, and be content with your what? Wages. In other words, he began to speak about that spirit called greed. He speaks about that spirit called greed. So, when he let them know that the fruits are, are, that's worthy of repentance are those things that's going to counteract what you've done in the past that you knew that was wrong. So, in other words, when he talks about repentance, it talks about changing the way we uh, think so we can change the way we live. If we don't change the way we think, we'll always be living the same way. That's why so many Christians live defeated life. Because they do not believe they're supposed to live a life, of, uh, uh, a prosperous life. They don't believe that, that they should live a, a happy life, a godly life. And that's why so many so many uh, uh, Christians at a program, they don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, uh, my flesh. No, but what about the Holy Spirit? Well, my, my flesh told me, what about the Holy Spirit? What about the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a keeper. He is designed to be with us everywhere we go. So, and the Bible even talks about, you know, he would uh, 
at the very hour of temptation. That means you're right there in the midst of it. He said, I'll provide a way of escape. But that's what the book says. See, when we believe what God's word says, it's not hard to live right. It's not hard to live right. Boy, we got quiet. You know what makes it hard to live right? When we try to live in two worlds. When we try to live world and when we try to live for Christ. Can't do it. Because the Bible already tells us, you know, you can't serve two masters. You're going to love one and you're going to hate the other. But he says today, we can bring something that's worthy of equal value of the people. If you hate it, begin to love even more. If, you, if, if, if you're a place where you, you're unforgiving, begin to forgive. Begin to forgive and then move on. Begin to forgive. But bring that which is of equal value. Not you trying to work for repentance, but the fact that you're showing God you're remorseful. That you're sincere. And, 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 and the evidence is, is the fruit that we bear. See, the evidence will, will tell us of whether we're godly sorrow or whether we're just playing like sorrow. True repentance. True repentance. We can see the evidence of true repentance. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. We just thank the Lord for, for his word. Think on this. Think, think, think. Think on God's word today. Think on God's word. And think about what we can bring as worthy. And show God. Ask God if, if our life is, uh, is displaying the evidence, the evidence to, to say that we're truly uh, children of God. If we were put on trial, question, I hear you, Holy Spirit. If we were put on trial today for being a Christian, what penalty will we receive? If we were put on trial, for being a Christian. Will we get death or will we get life? Food for thought. Amen. Food for thought. Amen. Let's give God another hand clap of praise. Amen. 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 It's just so important that we, we in these last days, that we get to the point where we know that everything that's happening, y'all, it's time to draw closer to God. It really is time to draw closer to the Lord. Because there, and, and you know, I, <clears throat> we talked about how also on Wednesday, how as God brought forth the word uh, and the searchness of the word and uh, Luke, I mean Matthew chapter 24, coming from Minister Tom, and even to the fact that we talked about the core group and how the thing that connected us here at House of Destiny is Jesus Christ himself. And then uh, we talked about, I think a couple of Sundays ago, Minister Moselet and I was talking, and, and she began to talk about uh, you know, God is going to begin to display things through nature, and we're going to see things happening more and more. The first week, there was like a hundred fires that was out of control. I think they said maybe about 15 states or something. And then this past week, they talked about 259 or 269 Wild fires that are out of control in 17 states. So God is really speaking. And if we can look around and become more aware of what's happening, 
we will begin to draw closer and closer to God. We have to draw closer to Him. Amen. Amen. Are there any prayer requests? I want to ask before any prayer requests. Um, anybody want to like to have a CD? I need to ask that. All right. One, two, three, Chad. You can hold five of me, Chad. All right. And we want to make 